It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is, once again, Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the co-host and owner of KWAM Radio, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my good friend, who I just told him that off the air before the show, and who should be your attorney. His name is Michael T. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hey, Don. How you doing now? Of course, you know my... They're such good friends, but you know that my middle initial is B, okay. so tell me... Tell me what today's uh, reason for the different middle initial. Okay, well, T would be for tips. Last week, it was lots of tips. This week, more tips, which people like these days. They don't like these long-winded explanations of certain things. They just want short things about uh, estate planning or government assistance that they can hang their hat on and use to create certain plans that will protect them and protect their heirs uh, while they're alive and when they're deceased. And today you have tips again for our audience for the next 25 minutes, which I think is going to be very rewarding. And these tips are ones that will protect minors when an individual is creating an estate plan. Can you tell us all about those? Yeah, so I thought, you know, of course I tell people I'm an elder elder law attorney at this point, but uh, because I've been doing this stuff for so long. But a lot of times we have people, especially in these COVID-19 days, that we all know that we're not, nobody is immune to bad things happening. So we're seeing that even those who are younger uh, are doing more wills or planning uh, because, you know, we're not, we're just human and things could happen. So uh, we thought, I thought, well, maybe we should talk about that a little bit maybe more today. That is about the uh, what happens if you have your child, you want your child as a beneficiary how do you protect them? Well, the very first thing is, how do you do that? How do you do that? What happens if you don't have any, if you haven't chosen a guardian? You have to name a guardian. Uh, so typically what people, most people do, although you could have a separate written instrument, uh, is to say in your will who your guardian is. Who do you want to raise your children if you can't do it yourself? You would nominate a guardian inside your last will and testament. Uh, there's one, and, and it doesn't have to be, by the way, there's uh, guardianship of the person and guardianship of the estate, that is, who takes care of the assets. And those things could be different. So in other words, you could have, uh, originally, like in my own uh, documents, uh, uh, when I was younger, I had um, uh, one, pre- uh, one, set, uh, one couple, uh, uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but the, the bottom line is that I felt better with raising my children, but they weren't really very good with money. So I had somebody else that was in charge of the money who was, you know, a good person to deal with uh, investing and things like that. Now, typically, a lot of times people have the same person as taking care of the, the children as well as the assets. But uh, in any event, it's, it's not unusual 
that in, uh, if you have a child who's a minor, uh, and the minority varies from state to state, usually it's either 18 or 21, but basically if you have a child who's a minor, you want to make, name your guardian in your last will and testament. Uh, so now, it should be mentioned that a parent is a natural guardian. So let's say that uh, that the parents are divorced, uh, and you say, I don't want that no-good son of a gun to be the take care of my our children. Well, he just can't. So let's say that uh, uh, the wife dies and she names uh, uh, somebody other than the ex-spouse, the father of the children. Unless there's a justifiable reason, and it has to be something really special, normally the, the parent is the natural guardian. So I know I'll give you an example uh, of a, a case where we did get the that no good father in this case uh, to be the uh, guardian. Uh, in this case, the father had been convicted of child abuse, uh, and so um, uh, in in the the person I did the wife's will, the wife uh, was dying of cancer. She was in her forties. She was dying of cancer. She had a child who's minor, and we said. Okay, court, I don't want that no good guy. He's been convicted criminally of child abuse, and they're the last person in the world that I would want to raise my child and take care of that child would be that child-abusing parent. So, uh, in fact, the court agreed, and that father was not chosen as the uh, guardian, even though a parent is normally the natural guardian uh, of the uh, of the one taking care of their own child. Wow. So then it gets into, yeah, yeah. So normally, though, you needed to say in the will. So if you have some sort of situation that's a, uh, just because you're divorced doesn't mean that, you know, that that that, that no good spouse uh, shouldn't be in charge because they right. aren't going to be in charge unless there's really a justifiable reason. Right. But you should name, you should always name a backup, even if you don't have that child. I mean, that even about the parent. So then that gets into tip number two. Not only do you have it in your family, I mean, not only do you have your, your, your the parent is a natural guardian and you put it in your will, but you need to think about who you're going to choose. Who are you going to choose? Is it, you may look at your individual values, the temperament of the guardian. Is it a married couple? Do you want, do you mind if it's a, a non-married couple or maybe it's an individual? What happens if that couple gets divorced? Uh, do you want somebody that's approximately the same age? Do you want the grandparents to be chosen? Uh, a lot of times things change over time. I know uh, originally we had uh, uh, grandparents, and are they at the same location? Are they, We were thinking, well, maybe grandparents, but grandparents get older too. And uh, sometimes their health declines. And So do you want, maybe you have a sibling that has children of some more age. Can they cope with that? Are they in the same school area? Do they doesn't mind? Do you mind if they move to a different area? Do they mind? I know I talked to uh, my younger daughter, who's uh, now 17, uh, and uh, previously I said, okay, who? if something bad happens, who do you want? And I gave her about four options, but she basically said none of the above. Uh, so, the, uh, uh, and so we have to kind of consider, uh, do you want to have to move to a different place. Who do you feel comfortable with? Will those people take care of you? And what happens if those people get divorced? 
who is best to who would be best to raise your child the way you would like. Maybe they, that's too burdensome for some people. You better talk to whoever the potential guardians might be to see if they're even willing to act as a guardian. So those are some. That step number two is think about who can act and under what circumstances and or what situations and can they control uh, assets and if they can't. What about all these other things? Uh, so a lot of things to think about on who you want to choose as your guardian before you say that in your will or in any other document. Okay, number three. Okay. Number three, create a trust. In, so you can have a trust in your will. Uh, you can have, and there's different types of trust. Typically, you, well, it just depends on what you want to do. Uh, today, uh, uh, earlier today, I happened to talk to somebody uh, who uh, had a, uh, pot, what we call a pot trust. Uh, a pot trust is a trust where you say, well, we don't know what the situation, one child may have more needs than another child, so we'll have this trust until they're 25 or whatever, and it could be used for for uh, one child's uh, college expenses might be more than another's. Uh, it could be that somebody becomes disabled, whatever. So you have this pot, and you just use it for whichever child that needs it the most. Uh, in that pot, uh, but it's used for all children, let's say, in one one pot, one trust. So some people have that, but the problem we have on that is that, um, you know, like on this one today, um, uh, the problem was they said, okay, but now the kids are older, and things have changed, and they said it just goes to the survivor. Well, Well, now those children have children of their own. And so we don't want to go to survivor. We want it to go to grandchild if child should predecease. So the language of that pot trust needs to be changed. In fact, we wouldn't have the, the trust that might be for a minor would maybe be for a grandchild now because things have changed because life changes. People get older. People get disabled. People have children. Your children may have children, of course. And, and so as opposed to having... Um, Instead of having a pot trust where each child's individuals are met within the pot, uh, you could do a different type of trust, uh, and that would be uh, where you have uh, want something for the health, education, maintenance, and support of that individual uh, child. So you would have who's going to be the trustee of that trust. Well, you better figure out somebody who you it could be. Would it be the person that's the guardian? I don't know. Maybe. It could be. Uh, and, of course, you should always have backup trustees. Again, who do you feel comfortable with that would make those decisions if you were no longer around? Uh, who would make the best financial decisions for their health, education, maintenance, and support uh, is the typical situation. In other words, even if they reach the age of majority, then you could have it where it ha- it's held in trust until, let's say, they're 25 or you could have it done uh, over a period of time, a third when they're 25, a third when they're 30, a third when they're 35. Right. So you could have, uh, you know, whatever way you want to do it, you could have a trust for life for that matter uh, if you didn't feel comfortable. Uh, and then it's just a matter of who's in charge of the money, but typically it could still be used for education, um, and, uh, and even though 
uh, it, it's not in their control. It's just somebody else's control to be used for their education. Uh, by the way, when you have that standard, uh, when you have it in a trust, uh, it also protects that child from lawsuits. When you have any irrevocable, generally when you have an irrevocable trust, then the assets that are held in the irrevocable trust are protected from lawsuits. Great. So, uh, so I think, and, and, and besides that, you should also think about uh, who, not only who would be the backup trustees, of course you could always, with a, with a will or a trust, you could always uh, change things if things change over time. So, uh, you think about who you want uh, and then who who you want, who do you trust? I mean, when you think of a trust, is who do you trust? Right. Uh, and so, uh, that's, that's tip number three and four, I guess. You can have um, a pot trust if you want to have one big pot, leave it up to discretion of who uses it more, or you could have individual trust for each child for their respective health education maintenance support and then determine when it's best for them or leave it up to the discretion of the trustee as to when those distributions should occur. Okay? Is Very that- good. Four tips out of eight tips. And now we want to promote the next step for the audience before we get to those final four tips. And the obvious next step is the one we've been promoting for four or five years now on KAAM and in, in Michael's podcasts and wherever he goes, and that is to attend his next workshop, but to do so not in person, just like this program. Michael and I haven't sat together for five months doing the show. We have to do it on the telephone just to maintain safe social distance, and that's why Michael is doing his workshops online or virtually, which allows you to attend the workshops to experience and realize and get educated about what he's been teaching for all these years, all these decades, actually, when it comes to estate planning, which changes almost every day, whether it's federal, state, um, or your relationships change every day. Your priorities and demands and needs change perhaps each day, whether you realize it or not. All the more reason for those variables and more to attend his next workshop, which is Saturday, August the 15th at 10 o'clock in the morning, and to sign up for that virtual, basically online, non-in-person workshop. Um, the first thing to do, Michael, is to know about what goes on specifically at them before you do sign up. So tell them what happens at those workshops, Michael. Well, we ask people what they want to know. What is it that you want to know? Do you want to know about estate planning? Do you want to know about wills? Do you want to know about trust? Do you want to know about public benefits? Do you want to protect long-term care costs? Are you worried about veterans' benefits? Are you worried about protecting your children from lawsuits? Are you worried about this minor or grandchild? Are you worried about different tax issues? Are you worried about... How do you deal with IRAs? Uh, what happens if uh, uh, you have one child who's disabled and another is not? How do you structure it in a way where you can skip a stretch? It could be any number of things, and every every workshop is different because everybody's questions are different. We start off each workshop is, what do you want to know? So that that way, your time is well spent because your questions are going to be answered in that two-hour time frame. Uh, we we start off by saying, what is it that you want to know? And then we uh, eventually answer everybody's questions. And uh, to, to do that, by the way, of course, uh, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at Dallas 
DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com for that workshop. That the next one, like you said, is on August uh, 15th. We do them uh, usually about twice a month, and sometimes it's on a uh, uh, Saturday, and sometimes it's on a Thursday. The one after that's going to be on a Thursday. If that works better for you. All you have to do is call that number or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com, and uh, we'll answer whatever questions. Of course, it's free. Uh, free. It's um, uh, this is no obligation. This is just an educational process where you get to find out more about the questions that you want to know about, particularly in these COVID nineteen days where we know that we're all human and bad things can happen no matter what age you are. So we were happy to talk today about you know because younger people are getting more concerned about their mortality as well about what happens for their own children. If they're minors, but it could be, it doesn't really matter. Uh, everybody should be doing some planning. You know, the majority of Americans still don't even have a will, uh, much less having other documents in case you're disabled, etc., cetera, uh, that we might even discuss in this show. Again, the uh, next workshop is on August 15th. If you do go to that, um, uh, one of our workshops, and we give you one other bonus, uh, not just because you're KWAM listeners, and usually when we had Previously, in the old pre-pandemic days, you know, five months or so ago, uh, we used to give KAAM coffee mugs. Well, when we get back in, in, in person, I mean, who could ask for anything more, right? Uh, but nowadays, we still get we still get something free. It's a free vision meeting, a free mm-hmm. vision meeting. In other words, even after you've gone to the workshop, or only if you've gone to the workshop, we even give you a free meeting where we'll look at your own individual situation and then uh, we'll see. Uh, is, uh, we'll see whatever it is in your plan, and we'll look at it and see if it fits your goals. So the one that I was telling you about earlier uh, in this show, uh, originally their goals were to take care of their children uh, because they were minors. Well, now the children are now grown, and they have children of their own, and they had to change their plan. In fact, they're even thinking about protecting their assets for, for long-term care. Uh, so and uh, they can't qualify for long-term care insurance, so they want to protect their assets for. Uh, and they, in case one of them uh, needs uh, care either at home or let's say some sort of facility, potentially get public benefits. So it could be any number of things. Uh, that would also be free. So if you do go to the workshop, that's basically getting three three hours of educa- legal education on whatever it is that you want to know without any obligation. To do that again, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. It is virtual. We make it easy for you. We just All you'll do is have to do is click. We'll give you instructions. It's really simple. We make it so simple that all it is using one fingertip on one little punch, and that's it. And it's Great. really simple. It's just like you're on the phone today. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. All right, Michael, uh, four more tips on how to protect the minors. Well, another thing is, you know, a lot of times people, we just mentioned IRAs. What happens if you said in your uh, uh, IRA you named your children or you named your, uh, as a beneficiary of your IRA, Hmm. and they're a minor? Or what happens if you have a life insurance policy or annuity or something else that has a beneficiary's designation? Well, you want the courts to be involved in setting up who your guardian is, you better look at all the beneficiary designations. And, that, and even if you had a, ben, a beneficiary, let's say the one that was 18 
or or 21 or whatever, you may not want that child to be able to get the money uh, even if they were the age of majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may spend that money on a red sports car, and which right. is something that I've been wanting to do, by the way. Okay. But okay. Besides that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but besides that, they may be not mature enough, even if they were majority. Uh, of course, if they weren't of the age of majority, then you want the courts appointing somebody as a guardian, and that person may not be who you wanted. Because we've gone over earlier today about all the different types of factors that you have to consider when you name a guardian. So you better look at not just your will. Beneficiary designations, trump a will. Beneficiary designations supersede a will. Hmm. If you have an IRA and you name a child, or if you name have a life insurance policy and you name a child, and that child can't handle things, well, the courts are going to get involved, and that means expenses, and that means a lot more red tape. Do you want that? So you better, and any estate plan, and this goes for, you always should look at the beneficiary designations in addition to the estate planning document. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? And if you haven't, you need to look at it because even, and then you have to decide sometimes on how you do these things. So, for example, uh, I think we talked a few weeks ago about um, uh, the parents who had one disabled child and one uh, who was not. The one who is disabled uh, really is already on public benefits, and so you have to be concerned about that. So you have a contention. In this case, the kid was over the age of majority, so we had a what's called a special needs trust within their will. Uh, and the other child, well, she's had some marital problems. Uh, we wanted to protect her from a bad marriage, lawsuit. She's also wasn't very good with money. She's kind of a spendthrift. She couldn't handle things, so we had a different type of trust for her. So, uh, but the tax laws changed on January 1st. We talked earlier in the show, and uh, not this show, but on other shows, rather, about the SECURE Act. And under the SECURE Act, there are certain ways that you could stretch the money uh, with, that, with deferring taxation if you're in a, if you're what's called an eligible designated beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Disabled child uh, is one of those uh, situations where you could still stretch, whereas the other child uh, is is you, can, you have to take it out within 11 years. In other words, there's less tax deferral, so there's income tax quicker. So what did we do? We had the retirement accounts go into a special needs trust after both mom and dad died, so the money could be stretched over that life expectancy, and then it goes to the uh, other child. The other child gets the other asset. So now we had to look at things from a tax consideration. So there's lots of different things. So we have to look at beneficiary designations and see if there's a way, not only who we have get it, can, if they can handle it, but is there a tax benefit by doing things in a different way? It could be that you have a, a church or charity that you want to do something with that you could stretch man- things out by having some sort of charitable remainder trust. So there's different types of things that you have to consider. So as you see, it gets a little bit more complicated. Uh, is that you have, that's when you have your, that's when you get this vision meeting. So what we say is after you've had the workshop, is what you're playing the way you wanted? Because now is there any kind of tax considerations that you didn't have to make prior to year 2020? Right. So look at your retirement, look at your, uh, your beneficiary designations to make sure that there's no uh, issue there. Next, uh, sometimes people, if you die, there is a uh, you you have you may be getting your parents' social security. What happens if you lack capacity? Well, first of all, uh, 
if you if you did have capacity and you're over the age of <clears throat> majority, you could create a power of attorney. Power of attorney. Uh, usually, a financial power of attorney. You could have it good even if you're disabled at a later date. So if that person, could, you know, what I told uh, I've told y'all in the past that when my older daughter, when she reached age 18. Um, I had her do all sorts of estate planning documents, including a power of attorney. Even if she had limited resources, I wanted somebody to be able to deal with whatever she had and have the authority to act for her, even if she's now emancipated as a uh, uh, reaching the age of majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, we somebody had the authority if she lacked capacity, she gets in a car accident, something bad happens. Uh, besides having a medical power of attorney, um, that you could also have in a living will, which is the pull-the-plug instrument. So everybody should probably have a financial power of attorney, medical power of attorney, perhaps a living will uh, to deal with uh, end-of-life decisions. Uh, but uh, even if uh, uh, that person lacked capacity, uh, that person could even, uh, or, or even if they did have capacity, could have what's called a representative payee, uh, representative payee if you're getting Social Security. So if my child was to get some of my income because I uh, died uh, too early or they were still a minor, uh, quite frankly, my father uh, died before I was the age of majority. Hmm. Uh, so my oh. mom was the representative payee. So hmm. uh, uh, the you could have a representative payee, whether it's a, your parent or somebody else. And nowadays, even if you have, uh, you could even choose who you're, Representative payee is in advance. Uh, this is something relatively recent. So if you think, oh, if I ever need a representative payee, so this could be somebody that's older, you could choose who you want. It's kind of like a poor man's version of guardianship. Instead of having to go to courts, which we always want to avoid, uh, or usually want to avoid, you could have, uh, you could choose if Social Security was the main asset, or main, that's actually an income stream, uh, that you could have. Uh, this representative payee chosen in advance uh, if you wanted to. Very good. Okay, well, I'll just briefly say sometimes people, when they don't do anything, there's also courts can create a management trust. Uh, I, I won't go into the details on that because of the lack of time, but there are different types of things. So hopefully you'll see that there's lots of different options that you could plan for your child if they're a minor or even if they're not a minor. Or for anybody else, for that matter, it's just a matter of whatever your situation is. Very good. Thank so, you, Michael. Uh, very, very helpful. We want everybody to sign up for his next workshop, which is Saturday, August the 15th, 10 o'clock in the morning. If that doesn't work for you, then they can set you up for the next one, which is on a Thursday, if that's better for your schedule, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, whichever one works. But call today to, to sign up for the workshop, which, again, is online, which is virtual which means you never have to leave the confines of your home. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElder, E-L-D-E-R, Lawyer.com to sign up, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Dallas Elder Lawyer Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, and stay safe. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. 
The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 